The man who is unquestionably regarded as the wisest man in history, young King Solomon, wrote, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. That means even a time for war. And it's here now. This is Dennis Peterson. Thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. When we read Solomon's famous statement about the seasons of life in Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, we're immediately faced with the disturbing reality that life is a continuing roller coaster of ups and downs. In light of the abundance of God's Word, we must draw our security and peace from the sheltering rest of our confidence in God through all of those ups and downs. As Solomon wrote, There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. How would citizens of our country know that their country is in a war? One of the oldest Chinese strategies of the art of war is the ultimate strategy. What's that? It's simple. Get your enemy to think that he's not the target of war, even when you are maneuvering his collapse. Bible-believing Christians have historically recognized the truth of Ephesians 6 about the armor of the believer in the spiritual battle. They're perhaps familiar with the allusion to the weapons of our warfare mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, but How have they been conditioned to think about being on their guard against actual physical enemies that are no doubt inspired by demonic forces to destroy them? 2 Timothy 2, verse 4 does tell us plainly that no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. This concept should alert us to the need to be prepared for war as Christ's ambassadors and warriors, when war comes. The Bible isn't really intended to be an instruction book for the art of war. However, by observing God's providentially guided history of his people, as recorded in the Bible, we can learn some valuable lessons that are finding many applications to the chaotic times in which we find ourselves now. So what would be some evidences in our society that we are under siege in extreme warfare? Consider a few observations. Large segments of the population are being censored from participating in public debate. Wholesale mental conditioning has marginalized peaceful and thoughtful segments of society. Normally accepted standards of freedom are suspended in the ruse of the common good. People are being called on to monitor their neighbors for normal, trustworthy behaviors. Normal personal health decisions are being removed from otherwise sensible people. Fear is tactically observed as a wide-scale intimidation of standard channels of information. Supply chains are compromised by incentivizing workers to stay home from employment. Shortages of basic needs are prevalent even when there is no shortage of raw supplies. Long-term public mobility is limited by various means for highly debatable beliefs about factors that can actually be tested intelligently to reveal there is actually no reason for such restraint. 
Freedoms are demanded to be sacrificed in the name of highly debatable expert opinion. The question is, who are the experts? The experts that are getting all of the publicity. Forty-eight years ago, the Lord used evangelist Mario Murillo to have a profound impact on my personal tranquil life. With his input, and also many others at the time, God began opening the eyes of my heart so powerfully that I've never been the same since. Thankfully and amazingly, God is still giving him energy and anointing to speak into the lives of many whom God is raising up to be spiritual warriors in our troubled times. He recently posted a challenging message that's so timely, I thought you'd appreciate hearing about it. He titled his short post, You're Now a Wartime Pastor. It was featured on the Intercessors for America Daily National Prayer Letter just recently, and it must be really important and worth sharing for you today. You need to share this. But only with your pastor if you discern that he is open to receive it. It's time to pray. Lord, help us to fully engage and prevail against the gates of hell with the spiritual weapons you've given us, confident in your victory. And give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You're now a wartime pastor. If you are a pastor, you believe you have a choice, but reality and circumstances have made the choice for you. You you can try to stay out of the war, but you'll be labeled a traitor. I'm not calling you a traitor, but the situation will. Things are deteriorating fast. The battle lines are drawn so clearly, and your silence will label you as a turncoat. There's a powerful pull to remain a peacetime pastor. Nostalgia and the yearning for simpler times are strong temptations, but there's no going back. Like it or not, rejected or not, you are now a wartime pastor. So what should a wartime pastor be doing right now? Well, number one, a wartime pastor will face the fact that our nation is being led by evildoers. The same villains who led the disastrous exit from Afghanistan are in control of the pandemic. They're a relatively small group. You've heard them labeled as elites or elitists. They do not care about people's lives. They do not care that they are being despised by most of America. They are dedicated to their Marxist agenda and are bent on destroying this nation. They are reckless and depraved. It's only after a pastor realizes that those who are in power now are totally evil that they, those pastors, will make the right choices for the good of their own people. Secondly, a wartime pastor will educate their congregation as to the evils of critical race theory, transgenderism, and abortion. They'll do it early, emphatically, and will not back down. They know that it is better to cut your losses now than to allow a congregation to fester in cultural compromise. Proverbs 28.23 says, He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. Third, a wartime pastor will organize his people immediately. They'll get everyone down to the board meeting at the school. They'll go to the county commission meeting and the city council meeting. Because this is war. You will get your people to start working together for the sake of your community. Pastor, they are looking to you and you must lead them. True shepherds will recognize and deal with all the dangers that are threatening to assault his sheep. 
not just the job of feeding them in the pasture or the stalls. Fourth, a wartime pastor will deal with the hard questions, the unavoidable questions. What will you do when your unvaccinated members won't be able to be treated at the hospitals? They won't even be let in the front door. It's already happening. The church will have to take care of them. Are you ready for that? Some of your people are going to be fired from their jobs. They may have trouble finding any gainful employment. They'll need help, a kind of help you haven't ever dealt with before, and there could be a lot of them. Are you preparing to take care of them? Fifth, a wartime pastor realizes that they'll soon be coming after your money. They failed to keep the church locked down. The church came roaring back. Now they'll go after your money. How will they do this? Biden is already planning to turn the IRS into a weapon against freedom of religion. Just as Bank of America shut down the bank accounts of some conservatives, in the same way, the government is planning a bold and diabolical attack on your finances. Any church that does not comply with the state-run message will have their accounts attacked. Before you say this can't happen, look back on what has already happened that we thought could never happen and see what one Canadian province ordered just a few weeks ago. Lastly, a wartime pastor realizes that the church is built on the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, not ever. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock your confession that I am the Christ, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The wartime pastor is fighting with the weapons of God. They're confident of victory because of the cross, the resurrection, and the Holy Spirit. However, a peacetime pastor has no part in that promise. The promise to prevail against the gates of hell is the exclusive domain of a pastor who is fully engaged in war, and not the preacher who either has his head in the sand or is running away from it. He's a warrior willing to defend the defenseless and respond to the call of Psalm 94.16 to stand against evildoers and workers of wickedness. What's the Lord speaking to you through this message? Tell someone with ears to hear what you've learned. The pivotal Bible verse about understanding at times is the description of the descendant of Jacob's son Issachar in the days when David gathered his mighty men of Israel at Ziklag in forced defiance of King Saul. In times of war, God's people need warriors with strategic insight to know the right moves to make. When it comes to understanding the times, we're reminded of God's wise gifts to men like Daniel and his friends. Over there in Daniel chapter 1, it says, "...in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them." In Daniel chapter 2, we're told how he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. That's a general promise that I think we can all claim, don't you? In Ephesians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And when will you understand what the will of the Lord is? Start with Romans chapter 12, verse 2. What's the goal there? That you may prove what the will of God is, that which is acceptable and good and perfect. And how does that happen? How about starting with the first verse? When we obey the command, do not be conformed to this world. And what is the first part of that obedience? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
The battle of our soul in finding the perfect will of God begins in our minds and in a world filled with propaganda and generations of programmed cultural conditioning. How do we get to the objective of a renewed mind, a refreshed mind, a clean and pure mind that is receptive to the wisdom and discernment of Almighty God? Go back to Proverbs chapter 2. In verse 5, we're told, When we will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God, the instructions for when are simply laid out for us in detail, starting in the very first verse. My son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. It's a process, isn't it? We must devote our listening to sources of proven wisdom, not poisoned wells of deceptively sweetened water that temporarily refreshes but gradually weakens our God-given common sense. Go on. Verse 3 says, If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her, God's wisdom, as you would for silver, your paycheck, and search for her as for hidden treasures. Did you get that? Does that sound like a desperate pursuit of something? And yes, when you get right down to it, if we are desperate, we will get emotionally involved in the pursuit of God's will, his truth, his deliverance, his insight, his discernment, his answers for the puzzling challenges that we face. Do we see that around us in what we call the church today? Maybe, maybe not. Now read the rest of Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 to 22. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield of those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. Now stop right there. Did you hear some specific promises that clearly relate to some of the distortions, deceptions, confusions, and controversies that swirl around us today? God's wisdom provides favor for those who walk uprightly. They do what's right. They stand against what's wrong. They stubbornly refuse to go with the flow, submitting to corrupted peer pressure, like it says in verse 7. His promise of protection and preservation is for those who take the courage to do justly, like it says in verse 8. I'm reminded of a wonderful verse from Micah 6, verse 8. It's one I've treasured as an axiom of life. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Write that down. Put it on a card and stick it to the mirror so you'll see it when you get up in the morning. That's the kind of diligence Proverbs 2 is talking about. So when will you understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path? Verse 10 tells us, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, your mind and your emotions, that's your soul, you know. Does that tell you something about our need to have purity and integrity in our soul, our mind, our desires? 
And what is the result? Verse 11 tells us plainly, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. Isn't that the perfect peace-giving solution to our primary problem? We want to be preserved by making discreet decisions. We want the safety of good understanding. Everybody does. But not everybody's willing to pay the price, are they? The question is, are you willing to pay the price? If you are, then God's promise is to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. If there ever was a time when evil and perverted communication was rampant in the paths of everyday life, it's now. And we're not just talking about basic moral daily behavior like lying, cheating, and stealing. We're talking about people all around us who are constantly listening to corrupted influencers. They've given themselves to an agenda that is literally bent on destroying humanity. They're determined to shame otherwise good people with the pressure to conform. And that should be a red flag to anyone who's thinking. Compliance with absurdity is not virtuous. When you take the time to test all things, you discover that the widely promoted narrative is rooted in the satanic objective to destroy those for whom our Savior gave his perfect life to redeem. That's the personal warfare to which every one of us must diligently submit ourselves. Our commander-in-chief is up all night so we can greet him to receive our assignment every morning. If you're observant, you connect the dots and see the big picture of how this war has been orchestrated. General Michael Flynn had an interview with Stu Peters recently. He said, America cannot have an honest election in 2022 until the fraud of 2020 is resolved. He said the objective is not about making America great again, but rather about restoring America's greatness. He said the potential crisis ahead for the U.S. in near term is financial collapse, food and supply shortage, energy crisis, and foreign policy disasters that could let China take advantage over all countries. Citizens must assume risk and become involved wherever they have opportunities and doors open to influence local policymaking affairs. Maximizing potential requires acceptance of calculated risks. People in their mid-50s and up must get involved, not retire, because we've allowed the young generation to be captured by enemy influences. Now think, you don't get censored in a democracy, only in a fascist regime. The PSYOP campaign is against us, the citizens seeking truth, which is why we must alert everyone to the fact that we are in a disinformation war with the goal of eliminating righteousness and truth from the land. Scripture tells us to be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil prowls about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We must put on the whole armor of God like never before, including discernment of the Holy Spirit to discern the times and what the people of God whom you influence should do. If you haven't yet accessed my friend Brian's healthimpactnews.com, you'll be informed and built up when you do. A recent post asked, are you prepared for what's next? He said, what we are witnessing and living through today is the greatest scam in the history of the human race, which is now morphing into the biggest cover-up as vaccine-injured people who have taken the experimental gene therapy shots are filling our hospitals while the government and media lie to the American public and blame it on the unvaccinated. There's no way to hide this fact, except to obscure it from the media or outright lie about it. 
The CDC public database called VAERS is well known to be severely underreported. They now admit over 16,000 recorded deaths following COVID-19 shots and hundreds more are added weekly. That's more than double all the deaths from all FDA-approved vaccines over the last 30 years. There are also over 18,000 permanent disabilities that have been recorded in the last few months. Some people are now starting to wake up. Most are completely in the dark regarding the agenda that's in play here and how the politicians are puppets to carry out this agenda of the globalists. This is a eugenics campaign to set up their new world order and significantly reduce the world's population. It's no conspiracy theory anymore. They have openly admitted and published this agenda for anyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear. We're living in the presence of evil. And if you don't wake up and recognize it soon, it will destroy you and your family. With children aged 6 months to 12 years as the next target, what a storm we're going to see this fall when the annual flu season kicks in. All these vaccine injuries and deaths along with the annual influenza-like illnesses that will converge together will be blamed on whatever flavor of COVID variant is popular at the time, and it will all be blamed on the unvaccinated. Even the overcrowded hospitals will be blamed on the unvaccinated instead of the shortages of healthcare workers due to the COVID-19 mandates. It's already happening now. And once the panic sets in, when the sick and dying can't even get into the hospitals, the huge bubble of our current fake economy will burst and the entire financial system may very well collapse. Remember that none of the experimental COVID-19 shots, including the one that has been approved by the FDA, has any long-term safety studies. The control groups that were involved in the original trials have intentionally been lost, and you can find it reported in the media, and you can see the link on the notes today. So, those of us who are still unvaccinated, we are the control group now by default. And you can be sure that they want to get rid of us as much as possible to keep their narrative alive. But what's especially troubling is what's happening and what will be planned for our children, 12 to 15 years old. They've already been approved to receive these dangerous gene therapy shots, and the casualties are mounting fast. Don't be caught unprepared. Learn how to take care of yourself without the health care system. The days are getting shorter now, and you should, at the very least, start supplementing with vitamin D. Increase your dosage as the days get shorter, at least 5,000 international units daily before bedtime. When people realize that they're in war, the most important thing that they must do is take care of their children. Government schools are the most dangerous place that they can be right now. They'll vaccinate them, with or without parents' approval, especially from unvaccinated parents who will be looked at as domestic terrorists. The evidence is clear. The shot will sterilize many surviving children or lead to offspring that are severely handicapped by autoimmune diseases. Like we saw in 2020, public panic and breaks in the supply chain can be sparked overnight, so stock up now with what you need before panics start. In this war, it should not be surprising if some kind of false flag event is staged where the unvaccinated will be blamed. Stay vigilant, protect your children, and seek the wisdom of God in these very dark days. If you're being blessed in some way by the insights we've provided, please tell others to listen at reclaimyourlegacy.com. You can even link to your favorite podcast platform there for listening at your convenience. And if the Lord directs you to share the burdens of cost to deliver these messages to you, I want you to know that your generous support is deeply appreciated and needed. Remember that our times are in His hands. Don't ever stop abiding in the peace that Jesus promised the Comforter would always be with you to provide.